prayer and pray for them. Uh, that's all I have this time, so open your Bibles, if you would, to Psalms 40. I got a message here that's a very simple message. It's not very complex. Even a simple preacher like me can preach it. And so let's all stand as we honor God's Word by standing. I've preached on this subject before, not, not this message, but I've preached on this subject before. Psalms 40. <clears throat> I'm going to read the first five verses of this psalm. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit, out of the, um, out of a horrible pit, and out of miry clay, and set my feet up on a rock and established my goings. And He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our Lord. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in, uh, in the Lord. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud. He respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord, my God, are thy wonderful works, which thou hast done, and thy, thy, thy thoughts, which are to usward. They, they cannot be reckoned up in, in order unto thee, if, if I would declare and speak of them. The, they are more than can be numbered. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you, blessings of it. Thank you, watch over, taking care of us. Thank you for our our blessed day. Thank you for this day. Thank you for uh, our new uh, member, Lord. We pray that you bless his life, and and I know he's still having some health problems, Lord. I pray that you'll help him in those two. I'm thankful, Lord, that you went through with us through this and everything. And Lord, uh, I'm just so thankful that we were. We, we were uh, honored to be able to baptize Billy Ray's daughter today. Go with us and take care of us, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. <clears throat> um, saved and happy. That's the title of this message. How many of you are saved and happy? Don't raise your hand. Don't speak out. How many of you are saved and happy? Oh, I tell you, it's a wonderful thing. This is speaking of a man who is saved and happy. Happy that uh, that the Lord has saved him. That's what we want to talk about today. It's what we want to preach to you about. The Psalms, or this Psalm, is one of my favorites. Always has been. Uh, there was a time when, uh, years ago, when I memorized this Psalm. And memorized several of the psalms, and uh, and this was one of my favorite psalms, and certainly maybe I've I've never I preached on it before. I preached on verse of it before, but I've never preached on the first five verses. But this is something that uh, I'm looking forward to do right now. Now I assume that that it is that I assume that it is. I assume that it is because it's, it explains me to a T. It really does. I mean, as far as the way that, and, and, and I think it will you too, 
because, you know, we, uh, uh, I, I don't think the Lord saves anybody any differently. I don't think he saved any, I don't think he saves people today any differently than when he saved me 53, soon be 53 years ago. Uh, I don't, I don't think the Lord saves any differently today. And I, I know there's a lot of people who, who say they're saved, but they can't give you an account of their salvation. But, uh, here David, David, I don't know, uh, David, I don't know when David was saved. But we know he was saved because he gives an account of it right here. He tells us about what the Lord did for him when, when, when the Lord saved him. You know, uh, we see in this psalm a soul which has passed from a dark and gloomy uh, trip to hellfire. You know, according to this psalm, this psalmist, he was on his way to hell. And God lifted him up out of that pit. God, he was in a pit and he was ready. He was walking, uh, uh, down in that pit. So he was out of it. So this, he passed from a, a dark and gloomy trip to hell fire to being set on the path of righteousness to a life everlasting. This is where this, this is what he's talking about. This is a soul that is, that is a miserable, that is in a miserable condition that has passed into a life of everlasting joy. He, he, he calls, he calls this pit he was in horrible. I, I don't, I don't know how you explain it. I really don't. Uh, I know he explains it as a horrible pit. And, uh, but I, I don't know, uh, exactly how you would explain it where you are before the Lord saved you and, and what you, what you believe you be. I, I believed when the Lord was convicting me of salvation, I really believed I was on my way to hell. I really believed, I really believed that when somebody told me that I was going to go to hell, and I never been told that before. I, I know when I was 10 years old, we went for about six or seven months. I went to uh, uh, Ephesus Baptist Church with my brother-in-law and sister, but uh, I was only 10 years old and I noticed and I know that I was coached to go forward in church and 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 uh preacher came along and the Sunday school teacher that took all of us 10 year olds forward and and he had us all sit on the front row here and he said when the preacher comes by and asks you do you believe in Jesus say yes and so of course all of us 10 year olds when the when when Tucker, when Brother Tucker, they called him, when Brother Tucker came forward, came down there, talked to all of us across there, every one of us said, yes, we, we, we believe in Jesus. And uh, so that was, but I wasn't in a horrible pit at that time. I, I wasn't in what the psalmist describes as a horrible pit. I never saw myself anything but a 10-year-old that was just doing what, some grown-up told me to do. And and that's all I saw myself then. But I want to tell you, folks, when I turned 22, when I turned 22 years old, I'd already been in the military and already gotten out as far as my active duty was concerned. And, uh, and, when, and when Jim Jeffries pointed at me, Right in my face, he pointed me 
And he says, son, you're going to go to hell. I don't know, boy. I tell you, I was in a horrible pit then. All I wanted to do was go on. I wanted to go on. You, you might say that's an odd, that's an odd thing, but I wanted to go on. That's the reason I tried to find hell for two weeks. For two weeks, I searched for hell. And I want to tell you folks, when I read this back many years ago, I thought about, uh, he called it a, hor- a horrible pit of miry clay. When I, I have never been in a pit of quicksand, but I do know where I grew up in Kentucky, there's a lot of them. A lot, a lot, a lot of those pits. A lot of people don't realize it. But up there in the mountains, there's a lot of those quicksand pits. And we, I knew, we knew where they were. We, we knew where not to go and where to go. Even as a child growing up, we knew where to go and not to go. But I never did visualize myself as being in one of them. I, I had seen what would happen. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, you, you throw something in there. I don't care how heavy it is. You throw something in there, it'll soon go down and disappear. It takes it a while, but it'll soon go down and disappear. And, and I don't know. Jim, how deep do they go? Do you know? I don't I didn't know you being a, a, a wonder boy out there, in, out there in the country. And, uh, but I don't know how deep they go. But, but I do know one thing. You don't want to be in one of them. But I, as, as David said here, I can say I know what he means because I felt like I was already sinking to hell and I wanted to get on, get on that, get on there. I didn't, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to mess around. I wanted to get on there. And that, and about uh, a week after that, Brother Jim Jeffries came to my house and he started witnessing to me, telling me, but all, all I could hear, all I could hear for about a week, week and a half was, you're going to hell. You're going to hell. And I thought, well, there's no hope. If I'm going to hell, there's no hope. There's none whatsoever. Brother Jim Jeffries, he told me, he said, you're going to hell. But he never gave me any hope until he came to the house and sat down and talked to me. He gave me hope. And I realized then that there was a way out of uh, that horrible pit that I was in and headed down. I wasn't, I wasn't physically in a pit, but I tell you, I thought I was headed to hell just as sure as, just as sure as I was there that day. You know, sin, sin is the rope which lets a man or a woman down into the pit of utter darkness. It's sin. It's sin. When I learned that, when I learned, Brother Jim Jeffries told me, he said, because you sin. He said, you sin when you rode that motorcycle up them steps. He said, you sin when you boys sat out there and said, I'd hear you cussing. We, we used to meet right across the street from the church. And he said, I hear y'all cussing and going on. And he tell us, he, he said, he said, you sinned. And, and, and then I began to realize it was sin that put me in that shape that I was in. Now what do I do now? You know, I learned, I learned that there's sin put me in there. But then he told me, he said, Jesus died that you can get out of that horrible pit. 
Jesus, the rope of sin is what let me down. And the rope of Jesus is what pulled me back up. That's what pulled me back up out of that horrible pit. Saved and happy. I'm saved today. And I'm happy today. Very happy. It is a horrible awakening when one wakes up from his sinful condition and realizes that he's in a terrible pit. I know that. I know that to be a fact. I I, I wouldn't say these things if I didn't know it to be a fact. Another place in the Psalms, it says, The sorrows of death uh, uh, compassed me, and the pains of hell gath hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. That was my life. That was my life. That was my life right there. Sin had a hold of me. Sin had a hold of me. The sorrows of death compassed me. Because, you know, uh, I, I knew. You know, you, you stare death down. I, I've never stared death down, but I've stared in the face of death. And, and I want to tell you, folks, uh, you realize the sorrows of death compassed me all around me, everywhere. And the pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Psalms 116 and verse 3. One of the most wonderful things that ever happened to me is when he inclined unto me and heard my cry. Oh yeah, I cried unto him. I cried unto him. I don't know if Rhonda remembers it or not, but I came in from work one day and the Lord had been bearing hard upon me. The Holy Spirit had been bearing hard upon me. And, uh, I, me and Rhonda have been married eight months. And I usually, when I walk in, I'd give her a kiss and, and, and t- tell her good day or something like that. I just walked right by her. I walked in the door, walked right by her, and I went right straight to my, to, we had one bathroom. We lived in a three room house. We had one bathroom. And, uh, and, and I went back there and kneeled down at that tub. And I said, Lord, I've had it. I said, I can't stand no more. I can't stand no more. Lord, I've searched for hell and I've looked for it. And I looked for it and I can't find it. Now, I want this agony to leave me. And the Lord lifted, lifted it up, took, took that burden away from me. And when I came out of there, I was, I was a different person. Had great happiness, great joy. And then a month and a half later, the Lord started calling me to preach, and I went right back to the same place. Right back to the same place. Not, not, not in the horrible pit, but I went back to the place where I did not know what to do. I didn't know what to do when I realized the Lord was calling me to preach. Uh, these people, it's, it's too easy. I've, I've, I've seen, I've seen people since I've been saved and, and pastoring, I've seen people come forward, and it's so easy for them to come and say, Lord's calling me to preach. It wasn't that easy for me. I hid it. I hid it. I tried to hide. I tried to run. I said, no, Lord. I said, I'm saved. I knew I was saved. But I said, no, Lord, I'm not going to do this. And I kept running, and Rhonda will tell you, I didn't eat. I lost a bunch of weight for a rush my while there. I didn't eat. 
I wouldn't eat anything, didn't want anything. And again, Brother Jeffries came to see me. I was I was lying on the couch, and I and, and he walked in, and first thing he said was, he said, "I know what's wrong with you." I said, "What's wrong with me?" He said, "God's calling you to preach." I said, "How'd you know?" He said, "I just know." He said, "God's calling you to preach." I said, "He sure is." He said, "Well, he said you'd better quit running." Because he said, you're not going to find any peace. You're not going to find any happiness. You're not going to find anything in your life until you yield to what God wants you to do. And I, and praise God, I did. I did. And, and here's the results of it right here today. 50, almost 53 years later, you know, here, here we are. So I know what it's like to be down there. One of the most wonderful things that ever happened to me is he inclined unto me and heard my cry. What mercy God had upon me and all others who have been on this path that this pit I was in was not bottomless. What great mercy. That's the reason I asked Jim how deep are they. thought maybe he might know. But I'm glad it wasn't a bottomless pit. Cause I sure thought that's where I was headed. I sure thought I was headed that bottomless pit where Satan is, is, is gonna be, where Satan is gonna be cast into and everybody that follows him is gonna be cast right there with him. And I wanna tell you there's more followers of Satan today than there's ever been. You know, some people are infatuated with Satan. Some people are infatuated with sin. They try to see just how much they can do, how much they can get by with. And we've got, we've got legislators out there in the government that's letting them get by with anything they want to get by with. They're just seeing just how much they can get by with. Well, I want to tell you folks, I'm glad that pit wasn't bottomless. I'm glad the mercy of God came up on me and showed me that that pit was not bottomless in a sense. Jonah cried out of the belly of his horrible condition. He cried out of the belly of his horrible Jonah was in a horrible condition. I want to tell you, he was, a, a, he was in the belly of a whale. And he cried unto God out of the belly of the whale. Cried unto God that he would, uh, uh, that he would, uh, Wanted out there, and the Lord heard him. It wasn't too. It wasn't just a short time after that till the the whale regurgitated him up on the shores of Nineveh, and he got out of that horrible pit he was in. Now he was in a horrible pit because he wouldn't do what God wanted him to do. And see, that's another thing I don't understand. It, you, you, today, I don't understand today that there's people out there, people here today, that I know that God has got more for you to do than you're doing. I know He does. God, God, God doesn't call you to, 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 to go out here and, 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 and just get, uh, Mob up together and decide that you're going to do something or do this or that. No, God calls you individually to do, do things. 
I know that for a fact. I thought at one time I was the only person in the world that God called to preach. That, that, that's how, that's how, that's how it impacted me. I'm going to tell you folks, uh, I'm glad that the Lord heard. I'm glad the Lord heard Jonah and I'm glad he heard me. I really am. Let me tell you, I'm glad he heard David when David cried unto him. Let me tell you just how happy a man is when the Lord saves him. For the Bible says he brought me up. Oh boy. I tell you, I'm, I'm not going down anymore. I'm going up. I'm going up every day. I'm going up. I look forward to, to, to my home. I tell Rhonda sometimes, I said, I said, we're, we're not going home. We're going to the house. Someday I'm going home. Someday, someday the Lord's going to take me up and I'm going, I'm not be going down anymore. Why, why do people want to go back into sin and start going down again? That's what's happening. But people get so backslidden that they don't care anymore where they hear the word preached, where they even come to church. They'd rather find somewhere else to go and something else to do. No. He brought me up. Isaiah said, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither his ear his, his ear heavy that he cannot hear. Oh, praise God. I thought when Billy Ray was down on my left arm, I thought my arm was, <laughs> wasn't going to be strong enough to put him, but God, God gave him. Billy Ray, I was praying all the time I had you down there. That the Lord would let me lift you back up. But he did. Billy Ray, Billy Ray said, I can help you. He didn't help me none. He was, he was in a dire condition himself on his back. But let me tell you folks, it's wonderful. He is strong enough. He is strong enough to lift the repentant sinner out of the horrible pit and the treacherous mire that he's in. Others may pass by, but God will bring his own up. All oh, can you imagine? I often thought about when I learned about quicksand. I often thought, what would a man do if he got in it? You know, you've seen movies about, seen movies on TV and such and such as that. And you've probably seen pictures of it. But you often wonder what a man would do. Let me tell you folks, the first man that comes by you's got a rope, you're gonna hand, you're gonna sling it, you're gonna hand, you're gonna grab it. And when I was in that horrible pit, when David was in that horrible pit, when Jonah was in that horrible pit, Jesus cast the first rope. And he took a hold of it. He can lift you up. He is strong enough to lift the repentant sinner out of that horrible pit and that treacherous mire. Others will just pass by, but God will bring his own up. The psalmist was sure that he brought me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Now here is something that a lot of people, I don't know, they forget. I don't know if they forget it, it's never happened. But let me tell you, God, once God picks you up out of there, 
He tells you then where to go. He tells you then what to do. He sets you up on a solid rock. I tell you, it's a wonderful thing to be up on. I know some of you have gotten stuck in the clay, mud. And I remember I used to wear gum boots. And we'd, we'd, we'd walk and sometimes we'd get them gum boots stuck in the mud. Well, guess what we did? We left the boots there. We took our feet out of them and just kept going. But I'm going to tell you, folks, he brought me up out of the harbor pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet up on a rock, established my goings. I, too, am sure that I'm saved and happy. I'm just as sure as I'm standing here today, I'm saved and happy. Saved and happy. He established my path and was kept and has kept me on the path for nearly 53 years. He established my goings. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go, Mr. Paul Jackson? Where are you going to go? Well, I'm not going to Georgia, but I did. I'll never forget. Well, I'd never been in Georgia till I came down here to preach. Never been in Georgia. Never been through Georgia. Nothing. I remember one of the fellows in the seminary, he said, I, he said, I'll go anywhere God called me to go, but he said, I won't go to New York. Guess where he was? New York. You know, Brother Ed said, he said the same thing. Brother Ed said when he was in New York, he told God, he said, God started calling him to preach there. And he said, he said, I, I told God, I'm not going to stay here, but he had to. Brother Ed stayed up there and preached for a while before he came home, before he came back. I'm on God's rock of eternal truth about salvation in the Lord's church. The Lord is my keeper. No one else. The Lord is my keeper. The Bible says, and here another thing is, Here's something I, I don't hear too many singing Christians anymore. Reggie comes in humming. Every morning Reggie comes in. I said, Reggie, if you can hum it, I can sing it. He said he'd put a new song in my mouth. You ever hear, you ever hear a, a, a driving man by himself singing? No, you don't, cause he's by himself. But he'll sing. A driving man will sing. He's on a trip or something by himself, he'll sing. He sure will. I know Carol liked this one, but I've got a song that I've sung for years. Not in the hearing of people, but I've sung it for years. Precious memories. Oh, how they linger. Precious memories. Oh, how they linger. I tell you, folks, I can, I can whistle that song right now. I'm not going to, but I can. I can hum that song right now, Reggie, but I'm not going to, but I can. I tell you, as most of you know, I can't sing. 
Well, I'm going to tell you all something that you don't believe it. Go call Doug Newell. They asked me to sing in, in, in Michigan this year. They were trying to get up a group together, and Doug Newell told them, said, well, Paul Jackson's got a baritone voice, so let him sing. I thought, you ain't heard my baritone voice much. And they wanted me to sing with them. I, I didn't do it. I told them, I said, I've never been asked to sing. Someday I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing to the top of my lungs when I get in that heavenly choir. You're going to see old Paul back there singing in that heavenly choir. What a great blessing. Most of you know I can't sing, but that didn't keep God from putting his song in my heart. I have sung that song of praise for many years and have seen many saved as a result of it. I've seen that song. I've sung that song. Happiness is the thing that many people seek after and will do anything that will make them happy. Many are not that happy serving the Lord. And I don't know why, but they're not. Many are not that happy serving the Lord, but most yield to the world and its pleasures to find happiness. Find it out there. Don't find it in here. Find it out there. They find happiness, you know. I see them on Facebook dancing and carrying on, going around dancing, shouting everything. I see them on Facebook. Supposedly Christian people. They can't even come sit in a pew. Just every now and then. I'm sorry. That's how I see it. Happiness is something a lot of people seek after. I've seen it before and I'm seeing it now. People who will do anything to be happy. The psalmist says, and here it is. I'm going to end this message with this. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust and, respect, and, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turneth aside the lies. Verse 4. You know what a lie is? A lie is when I say I'm saved and I don't live like it. A lie is that when I say I'm saved, I won't come to church. A lie is it says I'm saved and <clears throat> I won't read my Bible. A lie says I'm saved and I won't pray. That's a lie. You know, a, a, an unsaved person who tries to live a Christian life is, is, is speaking lies. For they cannot find happiness in what the Lord done. I won't tell you folks, I've said this many times and Rhonda knows it just as sure as I'm, she's sitting back there. I have preached to her and my two girls and was just as happy as a lark preaching. Happy as a lark preaching. It don't take this church being full to make me happy. I've said this many times over the years. I'd rather have ten people that are saved and happy than to have a thousand that don't know what they're going to do. There are a lot of lying modern Christians today. 
not align modern Christians. May God bless you today. It's my prayer. May God bless you today.